people follow people, people don't necessarily just follow ideas. So you could have the most incredible idea, the most incredible vision, and you would have a really hard time getting people to follow along, getting people on board, or people are digging their heels in or saying, oh, this isn't the way we normally do right. things. That might be a little red flag waving saying you have not put in the relational time and energy, and there is no shortcut on this one. Yeah. Today, we're talking about four ways to get your leaders on board with your vision in youth ministry. Welcome to the Ministry Coach Podcast, where every week we bring you actionable and practical steps that you can implement into your youth ministry. My name is Jeff Lascola, and this is... Kristen Lascola. And today we are talking all about how to get your leaders on board with your vision in youth ministry. So today I'm going to give you four ways to do that. So let's jump right into the content. None of this banter. <laughs> right in. <laughs> it's already too late. Too well, much banter. Well, we banter at the end. Or throughout, or right now. Oh no, the you're banter found us. You're bantering on your own. <laughs> with me, myself. Excuse and me, I. I'll let you two be with yourselves. You three, me, myself, <laughs> and I. <laughs> All right, number one, you have got to put in the work relationally before you're ever going to get anyone in on anything. Today we're talking about vision, but it could be anything. If they're going to be in on your vision, you have to put in the work relationally first. And why is that? Because it's so much easier to follow someone you like mm. and someone you love. And it's amazing what we will get on board with, with people that we love. It's like, yeah. I don't know where you're going, but I'm going with you, yeah. you know? And a lot of the things that we put up with, not saying marriage, yes. I'm not saying marriage. Why did you like, say marriage? Because I thought you would I wouldn't have even have thought of that. Why right. was I wouldn't have. Why was that the first <laughs> thing that came to your head? No. Guilty as charged. <laughs> the things that you will put up with. With and kind of overlook when someone else has so many other wonderful attributes and is you that you now love you're talking them. about marriage <laughs> <laughs> number two <laughs> no i'm not done like our senior pastor yeah. i love him he is amazing he has so many chips in the bank with me it's like you tell me where we're going and i'm coming along yeah. i don't i don't want to ask too many questions i trust you i love <laughs> you let's go you know um it would be I think it's like the opposite when you don't like someone or they haven't put in the, in the relational work with you. It's like, mm, go ahead and sell me on right. this idea. I don't know. Let's see. And you're, you're already like in this place of like needing to be one over rather than I'm one over. Where are we going? My bags are packed. Right. I'll follow you wherever. So it's amazing. People really follow people. And I think that's the whole point of what we're getting at. People follow people. People don't necessarily just follow ideas. Mm. So you could have the most incredible idea, the most incredible vision, and you would have a really hard time if you notice that you're having a hard time getting people to follow along, getting people on board, or people are, you know, digging their heels in or saying, oh, this isn't the way we normally do right. things. That might be a little red flag waving saying you have not put in the relational time and energy. And there is no shortcut on this one. Yeah. There is no shortcut for relational collateral. And if it's inauthentic and if it is part of a strategy, people a lot of times can pick up on that. Mm. 
So here's some questions to ask yourself. Do you, would you consider your leader's biggest fan? Did that make sense? I knew what you meant. I don't know if that's what you said, though. <laughs> Do your leaders consider you their biggest fan? Yes. Thank you, translator. <laughs> you know, and creating that affection between you guys. And I think it's not that if that affection and relationship, it's there. It's not like you're having to, you'll notice you're not having to get people on board. They're already on board, mm -hmm. you know? And that's kind of what I was saying about our senior pastor, Chris. It's like, I'm already on board. You just tell me where we're going. You don't really need to convince me yeah. of what are we doing next? And, oh, I have this new idea. And it's just like, I love you. So tell me what we're going to do. It's not getting on board. It's I'm on board always. It's yeah. a perpetual state of onboardness. And like you said, there's they've built up that trust that maybe yes. when there is something a little more off the wall than you might normally think of, it's like, well, I love you and I trust you. So I'm going to be on board with this idea too. Yeah. Because if they're sold on you, they don't really need to be sold on the vision. You know, I think it they will just follow somebody that they love. And so really I can't overestimate how important it is that we're putting in that relational work with our staff, with our leaders, with our interns, whoever you're overseeing, but they have got to know that your relationship with them is high priority. So people never want to be seen as a means to an end or mm. part of a master plan or part of your strategy. So your volunteers and your leaders come because they love God, they love ministry, they love students, and they love you. They're not waking up thinking about the vision. That's your job. You wake up thinking about the vision and you don't really, if they love you, you don't really need to sell them on it. You're just kind of guiding them along of, hey, this is where we're going. And they will eagerly follow if there's a healthy relationship already there where they know I'm your biggest fan. I'm not asking you to be my biggest fan. You know, and I think that's how leadership sometimes works. It gets a little backwards where we're like, love my plan, get on board with my plan, love what I'm doing, like, you know, like be committed to it. Like nobody's committed to a plan. They're committed mm. to a person. And how are they committed to that person when they know that person is their biggest fan? So it's, that's kind of where the whole vision thing has to start is have you put in that relational effort and time? And some leaders are so strategic they're like operating up here and they just have like goals and systems and plans and visions and like people are down here to them mm. and they're just like, come on guys. But it's like people just, it's just harder for people to connect when mm -hmm. it's like, I don't know, you have all these plans and are we a part of it? Do you right. care? But if you put people first, not the process first, it should never be process over people. It's always people over process, right? Every single time and every single thing that we do leadership-wise, right? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Good. <laughs> All right, number two, create vision together. So this one is a big one for me and my leadership. I always remind my staff over and over and over and over again, guys, if I am the creative end-all be-all, um, I am the house of all the ideas, we're in bad shape because I only have so much. Mm. Like, I'm not the end-all be-all. You've got to bring your voice to the table because I will be our ceiling. And I think we have to be really honest with ourselves as leaders to say, you might not be the smartest person in the room. You might not be the most creative person in the room. 
you of course have something to bring to the table, but don't forget everybody else does too. And so you don't, again, you don't really have to get anyone on board with your vision if the vision is shared Mm. among everybody. I don't want to be the only generator of ideas because I have one perspective. I have, I sit in one place. Like imagine you and your staff are in this bus and you're traveling toward the future. Well, no matter where you're sitting on the bus, you see you're sitting next to someone having this conversation. You're looking out this window. Oh, this thing rolled under your seat. You had a different experience than the other people. So this in the same way, your ministry, everyone's sitting in a different seat. They have different conversations. They have different students. They met a different parent. They heard something different. So you need all those people and all those perspectives to chime in. And I can't tell you this year alone, um, especially one of my interns right now, Arden, like she always has amazing ideas. She always has like, I'll be like stuck on something like, shoot, what are we going to do? I can't think of a third team for this competition. This doesn't make sense. And she'll be like on her phone and she's thinking and she's like, what about this? I'm like, oh yeah, almost. Oh, we're almost. Oh, what about this? Yes. You know, and she has great ideas. Uh, my uh, admin, Caitlin, she always can fix the problem. Like I was like, we have no drivers for camp. And she goes, yes, we do. Because <laughs> this person is a bus driver for this school district and they have a friend and that means they have the correct license. And like, it was like, yes, yes, yes. You know, like when more voices are in, things always get better. Yeah. So don't hoard the microphone to the vision. You know, you want everybody speaking into that. So a question to ask yourself here is, are you regularly including your staff and your leaders? We're doing a series right now because one of my leaders said, you know what was really good small group discussion when we talked about this? I'm like, then we're doing it. Let's go. And we're in the middle of it right now. And it's, it's going fantastic. And so we have to be the leaders that bring that everybody has a microphone at the table Mm -hmm. when we start to talk about vision. Now, it doesn't mean every single person's idea has to be used all the time, but it's a collaborative effort. And then again, you're not selling people on your vision. It's, hey, this is our collective vision as a staff, as a youth ministry. And I, I feel like I always say with more leaders, your program will be better. I always say the more leaders you have, the better your program will Mm -hmm. be, you know, bring them all. We need a lot of leaders, good leaders, obviously, (laughs) but same as with vision. Mm. Vision always gets better. The more voices that are speaking into it and you know, that can get overwhelming. You might be like, Oh my gosh, like that too many cooks in the kitchen. Right. But it's, it's, I always say this about leadership stuff like this. It's a drip, not like a hose. So it's not like, this is the vision talk. Everyone give me all 300 of your ideas. Mm-hmm. It's just you ask as you go along. So you're doing an event and you can't think of a fun theme and you don't really know. So you ask people to chime in on that. Or you're kind of stuck on content and, hey, tell me what you think our students want to talk about. What should our next three series be? You just bite it off chunk by chunk. I think people get overwhelmed because they're like, oh my gosh, like I have to ask everyone everything all the time. No, just make sure that that is just folded into your DNA. Mm. That's your DNA as a leader is I'm always asking. I'm always bringing people in. And when people have a voice, they're automatically bought in so much more. You know, like when you let your kids help you cook, they will eat it, you know, (laughs) because they helped. And so it's the same thing. If you're 
if your leaders help cook the vision, they'll eat it, you know, right. because it's theirs and it's way more exciting and way more invigorating uh, to be invested because you were a part of it, not you had to adopt somebody else's. Yeah. And I think it was important that you said you ask them and, and I think that needs to be very specifically ask them, not so much just general, like, Hey, if you guys ever have any ideas, just, you know, throw them my way. Oh, I love when leaders say my, my door is always open. Right. Which is, yeah, it's, yeah, that might be true, but until some, especially certain people like introverts specifically, a lot of times they might have really great things to bring to the table and really good ideas, but they will never share them unless they are directly asked, asked. Direct, like, directly asked that question. Yeah. So make sure that you are speci asking specifics, Yeah. not even general, like, what do you think we could do better at? Or, I mean, maybe that would be good. I don't know. But like, you know, like not, you know, you're totally right. I am. Because I asked them recently, okay, fill in the blank. If I were in charge of this ministry, I would, and it was way too broad. I thought they were going to come like, all right, right, here we go. Because I would have a ton. Right. You know, I look at other ministries. Oh, I would do this, 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 this. Well, I'm a pastor. So I think that way, but I asked them that and it was way too broad. Mm. I thought, Ooh, look at this shared vision. You know, you're in charge. What do you do? And they're like, I don't know. Right. I like it the way it is. But when I asked them, what series should yeah, we do next? They have an answer. What teams should we do for this? They have an answer. So yeah, it's and that even if that's thing. asked in a group, let's say you have five leaders, 10 leaders, you ask a group of 10 people, what sermon series do you think we should do next? You'll have the extroverts who will mm. automatically throw it out, whether it's a good idea or not. <laughs> those extroverts will throw their ideas they out. They might not even like their idea, but they just right? say it. <laughs> I need to speak words because there's an opportunity. <laughs> but it's the introverts that if you were to say, okay, we haven't heard from you. Like, what do you think? There are a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times there's something that's really just under the surface, but it's like they kind of need that permission to let it out. So Okay. Okay. You're an introvert. You are also becoming an introvert. I am. <laughs> I know. Also, did you shave your beard? Or I did. Something? Yeah. Okay. I I've went been looking, too far. and I'm like, I can see so much of your mouth today. Hey, <laughs> here's what my mouth looks like. Your mouth is. We no. When we went appearance. on the Thanksgiving vacation, I kind of just let it go, and it got too scratchy and itchy. When you were talking, I just was looking at you like I don't know. Here's my mouth. <laughs> I don't know what is different. Okay. <laughs> and I figured it out. And your, now we all know. <laughs> I see your mouth. All right. Number three, earn trust and prove yourself over time. So that's another way for people to buy into the vision of the youth ministry is that you prove yourself over time. Meaning this, you, you're trying to build trust by delivering what you promise. Like never over promise and undeliver or under deliver. Say, do what you say you're going to do. And be the leader that you're asking your leaders to be. So I think people, again, it's hard for them to get on board with someone's vision when they, when that person, like, is all talk, I guess mm. you could say. So I've heard little murmurings over the years of people who work with different leaders and they'll just like, oh yeah, there they go again. Nothing's going to come of it, yeah. you know? And it just sort of takes the wind out of people's sails. But if you're the leader that's excited for this and the, we're going to do this together and we did it together and then we're going to celebrate that we did it, you know, it's invigorating. Mm -hmm. And one of my leaders said, you know, it's 
nobody wants to be a part of a half-baked plan. Mm-hmm. That was one of my leaders named Andy. And I was like, yeah, that's so true. And so when we bring this like fully baked plan to the table and we say, we're actually going to make this happen, people will catch on over time. That's like, no, they do what they say they're going to do. Yeah. And it's like, then let's get on board with the vision. But sometimes if you work for a leader that never follows through, you're like, get on board with what? You're right. not going to do it. Because I can't tell you, I hate the feeling of we talked and we brainstormed and we got excited and we were about to pull the trigger and then we never talked about it ever again. Yeah, Like that drives me insane because you got me all (laughs) juiced up and I was ready to go and I was like bought in and I was going to run alongside you and I was going to follow you wherever you were going and you were excited. And then not only did you say like, and here's what leaders won't do. They don't go, you know what? that was not a good idea. Let's, let's adjust it. Or, you know, I just don't think we're ready for it. They just will never bring it up again. They just totally abandon it. And I'm like, what was all that one in a million talk back there? And it just, over time, it just makes you a little desensitized to their enthusiasm. So Mm. it's like, oh yeah, the boy who cried wolf. Yeah. You have a big new great idea that we'll never do. And we'll spend an entire You must have gone to a conference recently. Yes. You must have gone. (laughs) Oh my gosh. When a leader comes back from a conference, that should be a Here's a bunch of things that you guys need to do. (laughs) Right. But- it fizzles so like as it bubbles up yeah and then fizzles and it's like what that whole that book we were reading or that mm. that plan we were baking that you just abandoned or the test we were supposed to all take together like it's just like womp womp yeah. so i think it's just if you say you're gonna do something do it and if you change your mind which we're allowed to do offer that explanation of, you know what, guys, I was really excited, but I, I second guess this now. I think we should pivot and do this instead. Mm. That's better than just never bringing it up ever again. I mean, I can't, I've lost track of how many times that's happened to me, like in my ministry of like, so they just stopped emailing. Like we were doing a project and now it's just, it's not happening. Yeah. Is that what I'm supposed to deduce from right. this? And you not only lose respect, but you lose momentum and you lose buy-in. So uh, be really careful of d- not over-promising, under-delivering. And that kind of brings us to number four, be easy to follow. If you want people to get on board with your vision and follow your leadership, you need to be easy to follow. And what what I define that as um, is being clear and being organized, don't keep them guessing and changing the plan constantly. Like when people are confused or don't Mm. know how to participate or like, what, this makes no sense. And, or if you're kind of a last minute person, here's what I will promise you. You will need to pull that card at some point in your leadership. Oops, last minute change, Mm. scramble. People will hustle and get on board if you use that very infrequently. Mm. If that is your MO, people are like checked out. Yeah. And I think leaders just kind of be like, it's fine. Uh, and it worked. Right. Yeah. But you stressed everybody yeah. out and they can't do that. Like you can hustle like a couple times a year and then it's like, no, but I need you to be organized for the rest of the, for the rest of the year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we can't ask the people to be in a perpetual state of 
being frantic about like, "Uh, oh no, this isn't set up. Everyone grab this and hurry and oh, 10, 9, 8, it's about (laughs) to start and nothing's ready. You can't ask them to do that every week. And then nobody's on board after that. Yeah, at some point they might even put their foot down and just be like, I'm not doing it. Right. And that's like going to put you in a really bad spot. And I think that's a sign of bad leadership. And if you're constantly like counting on your team to catch you at the last second, because it's like, oh, you guys know how to hustle and bring it at the last second. It's like, you're lucky you have a team that can pull that off, but it's not because you're leading them well. It's because they're just highly, highly capable people. Uh, but trust me, even if they're like, Oh, it's okay. It's not okay. Yeah. You know, it's exhausting to work under that kind of leadership. So again, if you want people to get on board with your vision, you make it easy to follow. Hey, this is what we have coming up in six weeks. Give them fair warning, not like hustle the week of and cancel all your plans and (laughs) say you can't hang out with your family because we got to make this happen. Like that sucks, you know, and that's not leadership. That's uh, mismanagement, but you can pull that card and we'll all have to, because we all will drop the ball at some point, but that is like a break in case of emergency kind of situation. And it is forgivable when used very infrequently, but not all the time. No, I 100% agree. Yeah. So that's all four of them, Jeff. Oh, great. Well, you had a (laughs) letter F that had nothing next to it. Here's, yeah, maybe future. F for finish. Finish, yeah. Uh, So I would, at this point, I would go ahead and check out the episode we did on casting vision, creating vision. And we did a whole episode based off of that, which would be good to kind of pair with this. If you're saying this is how you get leaders your leaders on board with it. Well, what is it? And this kind of what might help you get in the right direction. Yeah. And just to bring it full circle, just don't forget it's you. You know what I mean? And I remember asking my leaders that I think I brought it up before, but this summer at our, at our camp, I'm like, guys, what is it? What keeps you sticking around? And what do you, and it kept, and I hate saying this example because it sounds like a humble brag or something, but they kept saying, Just a you, 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 <laughs> me. I'm like, oh, like they, they, it wasn't like, I. a lot of them loved the way things were run, but a lot of them loved just the relationship we had. And so if you're a leader lacking in a relationship right now, you know, that might be like the goal for the foreseeable future of just like double down on relationship and build that, that dynamic core team that people like can't leave. And then they'll be so excited for whatever you have in their future, you know? And so make it about the people. Yeah. They'll charge whatever Hill you have them charge next. All right, so let's do a question of the day. And this is coming off of the heels of Thanksgiving. We hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. We did did with family. We went to Oklahoma and to Texas, and we had a great time in both. Great weather, no complaints. But when it comes to the thanks, I had a little Shakira (laughs) moment there in my voice. (laughs) When it comes to Thanksgiving dinner, (laughs) thanks dinner, Thanksgiving dinner, I... Maybe I'm in the minority here. I'm not a big Thanksgiving meal fan. Mm -hmm. I feel like most of the dishes served, like all the ones we had were excellent. I loved, I honestly loved every single one. Your sister's not listening, Jeff. She might be. No, truthfully. (laughs) 
No, that was good. It was very I good. I loved every single... There was not one thing I was like, I, no, I'm not having that. I loved all of it. That being said, most Thanksgiving staples, I feel like, are a staple because why would you ever want to have... like? Turkey. I mean, I don't think anyone wants to go to the hassle of making it, but it's like if it was so great, like people make it sound, why don't we have it more often throughout the year? Like, why isn't cranberry sauce served? I feel like we had the same exact conversation last year. We probably did, but this is going to be a little bit different. Question of the day is what is a Thanksgiving staple that you feel like, no, that should be thrown into the regular, regular momentum, (laughs) the, the routine, the lineup of your meals like what is that for you (laughs) what are you laughing at i can't talk i don't know it was funny something about it was funny (laughs) uh well people eat turkey all the time turkey sandwiches not but that they usually buy deli yeah they're not making where do you think it comes from a giant bird (laughs) no (laughs) i mean they're not making it but they're eating it right they're not making a giant turkey i get that that's okay Okay. that's true i will say i love stuffing and i would eat it but it has some gravy on it. I would eat it like once a month, right? You know, if it were acceptable. <laughs> uh, I just think it's my favorite Thanksgiving side. I feel like people do eat mashed potatoes, probably. mashed potatoes. But I said staple. I feel like mashed potato is a crossover food. Well, okay, then, turkey, cranberry sauce, pumpkin pie, uh, stuffing, stuffing. I would eat. I would. Those are. What else would there be? Like. Sweet potato pie. Yeah. Uh, green bean casserole. That one I think sometimes can make it into the regular world. <laughs> <laughs> no. Like, I like think it so. does. You don't think it does? I don't think so. Oh. Well, I was probably, I would agree with you. Stuffing w- would be the one that I would say, hey, stuffing. And then there's a question. Come on into these other months. Do you call it stuffing or dressing? Depending on where you are in the country. Oh, really? Yeah. I think a lot of people call it dressing. I call it stuffing. Mm, me too. Is it because you stuff it inside the turkey? That's like traditional. What you're supposed to do is stick it up it. Is that why I got the name, I wonder? <laughs> I think so. Maybe dressing is a better term. Then. Yeah. Put in the comment section below, what do you think is in like an underrated Thanksgiving staple that should have its place on your table all the other months throughout the year? All right. And right now we're going to do a community comment of the day. This Woo! comes from Kiana Ashley 137, who says, I love this podcast. You guys are my best friends. In my head, LOL. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Kiana, because you you. are our best friend in our head. It goes both ways. Yeah, we love you. That was so sweet. Thank you guys for watching and listening, and And we will see see you you next time. time. Welcome to the Ministry Coach Podcast, where every week we bring you actionable and practical tips. Okay. Um. Shoot, I lost my shoe. We could be. Today, we're talking about five healthy youth ministry. Dang it! I'm gonna get it.